0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Win -win with Effect podcast. We got a good one for you today. Really good one. I'm really excited. Wes, tell them a little bit more in depth about who we got.
1: Uh, What's going on, guys? Today's great episode today. We have T.G. Thomas. It was I could tell you this was one of the most impactful episodes that we've had so far. Uh, Chris, tell them a little bit more about why we want to have T.G. on.
0: Old friend of mine, man, we crossed paths and I think it's just two worlds collided around like seven, eight years ago. I don't even know when, to be honest with you, it seems like forever. When he came into my life and we met, we met indirectly and, you know, we're selling ind- independently for, you know, one of the international, you know, schools and education programs. And he was always the top guy. He's just always a yeah. top guy. And when I came on board, I was this little young whippersnapper and kind of getting involved with, you know, online type of sales education and whatnot. And this guy was just doing big things doing big things. And not just because he's really inspirational and does a lot of great things and knows his shit. It's not just about that, man. This guy is just a good dude inside and out from his family life. You know, him being a great, you know, father, him being a great, you know, husband, him being a great salesperson, him being a great whatever son, it doesn't matter. This guy is just awesome. Awesome. And we have very similar, you know, methodologies of understanding, you know, both sides of the buyer-seller relationships and how much that plays into of doing the right things at all times for yourself, you know, buyers and sellers and companies. It doesn't matter. Everyone needs to win. So we had to have this guy on. Before we kind of go a little bit more too much in detail, I don't know if there's something that maybe we need to like flash on a screen, like a caution for people not to miss (laughs) like some of the golden nuggets this guy shares, man, like Wes, give the listeners a little bit more of an idea of what we're talking about.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I would say this is one of those episodes you want to listen over three to five times right. there's just so much information in there the fact that we went even over what we usually go when when it comes to recording these podcasts and so mm-hmm. there's so much great information they're listening for how for all of who all of you who have followed us in season one listen to how there's parallels with our philosophies and yeah he's he's one person that believes in value first and right. doesn't need to sell anybody that's why you know unselling is his website so listen in it's going to be a good show yeah well I ain't more lay man let's let's just bring on my friend let's just do this thing let's, let's do, do it. it let's do it Before I bring on today's guest, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell so you never miss the fire content we're bringing you every week. If you listen in from your favorite podcast platform, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review letting us know how you're enjoying the show. And as always, follow us on Instagram at The Win-Win Effect to stay updated on upcoming shows and get exclusive behind-the-scenes footage. And lastly, fill out the feedback form and letting us know how you enjoyed our guest today and which guests you would like to see in the future. Now, without further ado, let's get back to the show. help me in welcoming TG Thomas to the show. TG, welcome. Hey, how you guys doing? You know
0: us? We go way back. We're always good, bro. And he did into why I'm really excited to have you on the show. There it's been go. a long time coming. For those who perhaps maybe don't know the story behind TG and myself, we go way back um I'm probably what close to six years now or so. Probably yeah, I'll I'll long maybe longer than that. Six, so. seven
2: years at least, yeah.
0: Right. So, and you know, you've been around the sales game a long time, and we have very similar methodologies of understanding. You know, it's not you know, yes. trying to close clients and cl- pitching and hard closing and selling and the old techniques. We do it in a very, um, an emotional intelligence type of way and an unselling type of approach where there's no pressure and we're trying to knock down all the objections. And so I thought that, you know, bringing you on the show, you know, for a multitude of reasons was important, um, but that for that specifically and jumping ahead of the objections and knocking down all those different types of barriers or buyers, you know, uh, resistance and which ultimately lead to buyer remorse if you try to hard sell someone. So I appreciate you coming on TG, man, I guess that for the listeners for the most part, who don't know much about you. Um, it's kind of shocking if they don't, can you tell them a little bit about yourself, you know, and you know why you do what you do, my man.
1: Yeah,
2: absolutely. And again, thanks so much for having me on. And uh, you're right. We go back a long way and and a lot of it our friendship has been because of our alignment and values so i so i've actually been in sales for 31 years my 31st year actually in the sales business and i was when i first came in i loved it i was like this is so cool because i was not in that environment my you know i was from south indian upbringing so you know thing with south indians is we they're very conservative so it's not like north indians like if you see people that the business owners that own the you know, 7-Elevens and the motels and all. People think it's like South <laughs> Indian. No, no, South India those are North Indian.
0: They're entrepreneurial. It's so, totally, totally different, uh, totally different type of culture.
2: Totally different. So my, my upbringing was South Indian, which is conservative. They want you to be doctors, engineers, IT, computer. That's what it, what it is. So I, I had an entrepreneurial bug. My mom was like, no, you're going to go be a doctor. Luckily, I can't stay in the sight of blood, right? <laughs> so I thought, There's no man can be a doctor. So she's all right, go be an engineer. So I was like, okay, let me go. This sounds like this is the route to go, but I was always doing something on the side and I like entrepreneurship. I used to have a newspaper route. I used to subcontract out to mm-hmm. other kids. So I used to do a lot of those type of things. And then when I started selling, I was like, this is really, I like how this process works. And when I first got introduced to sales, it was very high pressure. And not right. just you kind of hit on it a little bit earlier when we were chatting is a lot of these strategies and techniques and tactics that are taught are old school stuff that worked 50 years ago or 60 years ago when there wasn't social media, there wasn't the educated consumer that was out there. So at that age, at that young age, I was still like, I, I need to get into a process where I feel good at the end of it because I can't mm-hmm. sell something to someone and then they feel bad or it's, it's a, you know, I'm the only one who made a commission, but they're out there holding the bag. So I was really passionate about finding the best way to sell, and ha- and have people leave with a good experience. So what happened with me was I, as I, as I was graduating college, I got a job in uh, the education system, and mm-hmm. I was teaching math using a specific strategy called the Socratic method of teaching. Which, if our your listeners know who Socrates was or is, or was, I guess, right, he's not around now, right, ask questions, that's what he did, he, all the pictures, I have had like, a bunch of students around him, and he was asking questions, and he wouldn't give answers, he wanted them to discover, and that's really what I did, and I did it for several years, it was the best thing that happened to me, because even though I wasn't getting paid that much, I enjoyed what I was doing, but the awesome thing was seeing these young minds coming up with these answers of high-level math questions, like, I'm talking about algebra, calculus, and geometry in the fourth grade. Right. Fifth grade students. So it helped me because I just asked questions nonstop. I got better at asking questions and it helped me in my journey. And yeah, that's what's got me to where I am today because I perfected something that I call unselling, which is just anti high pressure. And yeah, that's where I got to from doing just hardly making any money, doing multiple millions of dollars and, you know, half a billion dollars. In, actual sales uh, is just through that, just using that process where you get people to love the process, love the outcome, which leads to hardly any refunds, no complaints, right. and a lifetime customer value, all those things that you want. So yes, yeah, so it's really, you know I like how you call your, the podcast win-win because that's where I look at it, right? It's, it's, been, it's a win-win situation when you get right. your future customer who becomes a, a current customer or client happy and then you're actually finding success as well.
0: Right. And you touched on so many different things for the listeners. And I hope that they caught on to what you're passionate about and what drives you. It comes from in, within you. I mean, that's what makes you so impactful with your buyers or you know, companies, comp- corporations. I mean, maybe just an individual, whatever capacity is that you can feel it coming from you. Yes. You know, and I, I speak a lot about that with people is that it's your moral obligations. My moral obligation I always do right by them, not just short term, but long term as well. So I'm thinking about what's going to happen, you know, one, two, three, five, ten, fifteen 10, 15 years from now, you know, with this program. So it doesn't matter about the, the product or service that we're trying to sell. We're trying to see, okay, how can that enhance their life or quality of life financially, spiritually, mentally, you know, and setting that up as a stepping stone for them and for many years to come and for them to reach all different types of heights, you know, in business or whatever the product is. The methodology obviously understanding, you know, both sides of the buyer-seller relationship. A lot of people don't understand how deep it goes. I mean, you hear a lot of podcasts out there and that's one of the things that I guess you would say motivated me to put my message out there with the podcast and, and going in because you hear a lot of stuff, man, it's all surface level crap shiny objects in bringing people in and the old way of doing things with the techniques and the methods. I, I don't believe in those. I, that's one of the things that we share together as I come from education as well. And you have to ask the right questions. You can't just come in and just say, Hey, would you like to do X, Y, Z? You have to frame that, you know, tell them why you're asking these questions because you don't want to get punched in the face. And I'm not saying that, you know, anybody will punch me in the face, but you got to frame it in a way for them to understand there's zero judgment there's there's a reason why I'm asking you these questions, and I'm going to frame it in a certain way. You understand that there's no judgment here. I don't care what's happened prior. I care about what what we can do together and how it can serve you. Right. Did you come in? I think it was in Philadelphia, wasn't it? You were in education side. Was it in Philly? I started in
2: Philly and then I ended up in Dallas. So Dallas, right from Houston, right.
0: And I think this is important for the listener to understand. So when you were working with those students and helping them and reaching them on a, on a deeper type of level, was that something that was a pivotal moment for you when you helped them reach a certain level of success and maybe broke through their emotional baggage and their layers?
2: Yeah, it, it, was. it, was, it was. It was actually one of the most enjoyable times really in my life. Uh, mm-hmm i mean at a young age i felt that i was helping because these children uh, one thing i forgot to say is they were inner city disadvantaged like if yes quite disadvantaged child so most of these kids people have given up on so these are kids that had low self-esteem that you know i didn't really care i was like i'm going to go in there and i'm going to teach mm-hmm. you and in my myself so but you're right the attitude the energy that you put out there it makes a huge huge difference and I just went in expecting these kids to figure things out. And at first they were like, well, I don't know what the heck to ask. What to do. <laughs> but you would build success upon success. And what we did is we just had them discover concepts that just do examples. And eventually we do some examples. They're like, wait a second. I just noticed this pattern. Is that the way? So they would figure there out it is. Yeah. You know, how these patterns work. And that's the thing with math is just, cool. it's just the search for patterns or shortcuts. That's why I look at it. So, yeah, it was, it was great. It was great to see these kids. That be, and we have special education students in our classes that tended to be the top of the mm-hmm. class as well. So, really what it showed me was it really is, like you said, is the energy that you bring, the expectation that you have, and truly wanting to help people. Because right. these kids knew that. And I, and I taught them all the way up to high school as well. So, I did eventually work with high school kids and taught them advanced calculus. And, again, these were kids that people gave up on. But they didn't care because they knew that I came in and they right. were like, yeah, well, we're not going to figure it out. But I had the expectation, hey, you're going to figure it out. I know you are. But these are, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. So mm-hmm. the, thing, the thing even to today that, that translates is exactly that. There's people that have had negative situations happen. They, you know, they're looking for coaching. They're looking a way to start a business. They're looking at, you know, how to lose weight. You know, they're looking to get right. the funnel set up but they're not looking for all those things to set up a funnel or to lose weight, or all these type of things. There's something else that's making that happen. I mean, mm-hmm. it could be the way that their spouse looks at them. It could be the way that their, their kids, uh, they don't get a chance to spend time with their kids anymore. It could be that they want to start a business because heck if they don't, they got to go back to their crappy job <laughs> that they hate. So right. is it, unless you really find out what is that, the, the true passion that they have and what, what, because sometimes they don't even know, right? They don't even know unless mm-hmm. you ask them questions. So I get excited because I get to meet these individuals and I don't even care about the outcome I don't care about the sale. I just focus on asking questions and so I can discover and they can discover why they're actually there and then just work my butt off to really make sure that I'm taking care of that for them. And if I do all those things, I'm not really going to get objections. Yeah, yeah. know, the sale is going to come, right? Because I'm focusing on them. And I know it works because I'm a consumer as well as a, mm-hmm. as a seller, right? And I know how I feel when I'm talking to someone who's trying to sell me something. And if I don't think that they care about me or they're listening to what I have to say, I just shut off, right? <laughs> I shut mm-hmm. off. I don't listen. So I, I know how important it is from the to, from the buyer side. So as a seller, as me going in, I know how, what I you know, how to approach it so I can get them to realize, hey, I'm here with you to figure out a way to get you what you want.
0: I think that's really important, Wes, and we're just real quick with that. Putting yourself in the buyer's shoes or situation is a vital piece for you to become a little bit more empathetic of what they're going through at that time. You talked a lot about that sometimes they don't understand the passion or the purpose, the reason why they're here. And if you're able to shed a light on that and uncover that for them and show them the reason the real purpose and a real reason that's actually motivating them you, you don't just have a lifelong client you have a lifelong friend in in that type of situation Wes I mean talk a little bit more about that with the you know with the buyers to understand or the listeners to understand or the buyer's perspective and why putting yourself in their situation is important
1: yeah. No, absolutely, and that's where I think TG touched on so many golden nuggets there. Yeah. When it comes to that, um, and yeah, and it's absolutely important. I mean, how are you going to be able to actually put yourself in that position to know what they're feeling, thinking, what those you know habits and patterns are that they have? Which kind of led to my question, TG, with you talking about the students. When you made that transition from education to to sales, when how how were you able to kind of pick off those patterns that people have? Maybe some of those destructive patterns. That you're like, okay, we need to be able to solve this first to be able to move forward. Was it? Did it come naturally for you to be able to do that?
2: Yeah. I mean, I was selling at the same time. So yeah. I was still selling at the same time. Like most of the time when I was in education, I, I had a consulting, selling, doing something on the side. It just enhanced what I was doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I tell people you're not a born seller. People say, hey, you're a natural born salesperson. And you know, that that's sometimes like almost a cop out, right? Hey, okay, well, I'm not going to be good, but that guy's a natural born salesperson. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone can figure this out, but you have to have your priorities right. You have to have, you know, you have to focus on them and getting them to get what they want. That's and it is the challenge nowadays because, I mean, Chris tried to touch on earlier, like a lot of the trainings out there, they say they're customer centric and they're really not. Most of them are a veiled salesperson or me centric type of you know, mm. situation where you ask surface questions and you get all, I mean, I've actually paid for courses. I paid for courses. I've gone to Houston uh, that would show that, Hey, we're a customer centric type of program. And I get there and there's surface level. And then at the end, it's all about, okay, let's go over all these tactics to get a yes. Right. Yeah. You know, go over do everything we got to get the yes. We, we can't let them, you know, gain that leverage and all that kind of thing. So it, it's something that's really out there that messaging is out there. And when I talk to people, it's really, you know, who've who been through that. They're like, oh wow, this is, this is very refreshing, it makes sense. I'm like, well, just put, like we said, put yourself in somebody else's shoes. One of my mentors years ago, he was in real estate. He, you know, he had a great story where he said that he was going out on his very first call to get a listing, right? Uh, I'm not sure what you're, you listen to about real estate and listing, but really, if you want to sell a house, right, you have to get a, a one realtor who's going to list your house, you get, get into a contract. Right. And he said that when he went, he was very unprepared and he was really nervous and making all these mistakes. And he said when he left, it was a, it was a, a I forgot, it was an Asian household he went to. So he had to take his shoes off.
1: Mm-hmm. So he said
2: that he was so nervous the whole time. He messed up and didn't ask all the right questions. And when he left, he said he put their shoes on and he left.
0: <laughs> so he yeah, made- that's, a, that's a whole other episode right there. There's a great yeah. book. I can't remember the book that I read about all the different cultures. It's yeah. so important, so important. To it, know. it is,
2: it is. And but he, what he was saying was he left, but then he, he, you know came back and did it. But he says in a way what he had to do was exactly that: is he got better by putting his customer shoes on, right? But in the other, you know, in the, not in the literal sense. So that's it. Was great how that story happened. story. <laughs> yeah. But he said that's what happened. He said you have to go through, put your customer shoes on, and figure out what they go through. And more people do that. A lot of these are just, it's just going to become natural but you have to, the things you got to focus on it and and if you do amazing things can happen again we're not talking about theory here i mean all of us probably have done well over a billion dollars in sales right yeah that's just, just from- we have
0: we've had that conversation yeah. before yeah. between us right between yeah. us it was it was close over about 1.5 billion in sales.
2: Like so it's this is not anecdotal it's just, this is actually what actually works. That's what we're trying to live. Yeah. So this is what works is so you, you put that those shoes on, go through, understand that process, and then you just sit on the other side and say, okay, that's how it felt. Or let me ask this so I can really, you know, uh-huh. say absolutely.
1: So for, for the listeners, TG, um, for, and they're hearing this, and obviously this is, it's not theory, just like you said, what would be really the first step for them to start maybe thinking about um, in order to start being able to put themselves in somebody's shoes?
2: So, well, the first thing that I would say is, is you put, you're, you're always all consumers. Right? Everyone's all, all, already a consumer. So right. when you're out and about, I mean, people go out there to buy TVs, homes, mattresses, whatever. When you're there, or, or if you can remember the situation when you go out. And, and, and the thing is you have to remember the situation because I'll tell you, most of the people that I talk to don't remember it. But they don't think about it. Uh, well, they don't think about it until I ask them to. But when they remember the situation, they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't like when this question was asked. I didn't like how this was approached. Or I didn't like when I was talking, they cut me off. Mm -hmm. So all these things are, people do. So the first thing is really to understand the process from the consumer. So you understand what that is about. The other thing is go and talk to your clients, your current clients. Also talk to people that didn't buy from you. So go and talk to people who didn't buy it for me. Ask, you know what? I really appreciated that you gave me an opportunity to discuss my practice service. Can I ask you, what was it that prevented you from making the decision? Or why did you decide to go with someone else? And it's going to be very insightful to what they say. Because they may right. say, you know what? You talked about this, this, and that, but you really didn't ask me about this. Or, you know, I didn't think that you were listening to me. And, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt and not get offended. Just really look to g- learn from it. Mm-hmm. And also record your calls. Uh, depending on what state or where you're at, you have to obviously make sure that you get the permission to do that. But recording your calls is going to teach you a whole lot as well, because I will guarantee most people have no idea so excited, how, right? yeah. what yeah. what they're saying or how many times they say um um, uh, not have a response and uh, or cutting people off. That's like one of the biggest things. They're cutting them off when they're talking, and one of the biggest. And I don't even know how to categorize it, but one of the biggest sins that you could do as a salesperson or a coach, consultant, whatever you're doing, is if you know that you get one objection or one concern over and over again, and you do nothing to respond. To- <laughs> I
0: see this yeah. all the time. Yeah, all
2: you the time. over and over and you don't prepare for it. I mean, there's like, so the thing is, you can't look at it as a job. You have to look at it as your craft. This is what it is. Doing. Yeah, look at it as your, your business, your business, and you have to look at ways to enhance your business. So everyone, I have not met one person that can't do this, but not everyone is going to do it. I mean, they'll listen it takes, to it. It
0: takes effort, my man. It takes it's effort. An like- immense amount of effort. You touched on so many things, and I, I'm i really excited the call's going right where it's going right now. Because this, this is the stuff that I talk about, Wes, a lot with other companies that they look. we have similar conversations. And when he's with me and I'm talking to the business owners and the, and you know, the people that run the business currently in sales. And I start talking about these things and they're like, what the hell is he talking about? Cause no, they don't know, man. These people don't know how much it takes to be the top 1% in sales. And we've consistently over the years, TJ been in that top 1% sales and, and not just Doing it at a very high level because we're not just focusing on how much money we're making and what we're doing. We're focusing on how can we help them. And that's the effort that I talk about is going and recording your phone calls. There hasn't been a phone call that I haven't listened to, TG, in the last seven years. The, the next day, like I listen to every single one of my recordings, every single one, and I break them down and critique them. People ask me all the time, like, how are you able to do what you're doing with, you know, with your tonality? because I've done it over a hundred thousand times each question right. and, and I'm listening for what they're saying to me and what they're not saying to me. Maybe the, uh, uh, you know, or the pause, maybe they start backpedaling a little bit and they don't want to share and they shut off. I know I hit a nerve there. Maybe I can come in a different, maybe I can frame that question a little differently to touch on something that's it's positive for them and re-anchor that type of negative emotion. How can I, how can I remove that? How can I, get them to understand more when I'm asking these questions and knowing my intention is pure. So I think that's something really important it's something that we both share together. And all three of us actually I've watched West do it effortlessly. When you're asking these questions and you're, and you're talking you know, pre-call analysis and you're looking into the objection, how can I jump in front of this? How much does that come into play with the time you put in way before you make your first call?
2: Yeah, it's, it's huge. Um, as marketers, marketers, if you're doing, let's say you're doing Facebook ads, one of the things mm-hmm. that every marketer will tell you is you have to do split testing, right? You have to do split, yes. test, you test images, you have to test uh, the headline, you got to test the copy, you got to test the color of the button, all these things. When it comes to selling, I hardly ever hear anybody talk about doing any type of split testing or testing at all. In fact, I, I did a, a summit, well, actually it was, it was more of a workshop recently where we, I spent a big chunk of it talking about exactly doing that. Mm-hmm. The only way you're going to get better at things is by, by knowing what you're doing now and making the adjustments. So with the yes. example I just gave where people are getting the same objection and they're not you know, making any effort to change it, when you listen and you hear what you just said or you're getting this, wait a second, this person is talking about they have to think about it because they don't know if it's going to be successful in their mm-hmm. niche or their industry. Well, incorporate that into your conversation. So into the call, when somebody answers you, oh, you know what, John, that's it's great that you bought that up. In fact, we had that same exact situation happen with our current client. You know, uh, you know, Ben. He went through the exact same thing, and he had the, some of those same doubts. But he's so glad he's working with us now because not only has he gotten the results he was going for, he's hit his numbers by over twenty percent. Right. So you can start doing things like that in your conversation when you know those outcomes are different. So I tell students, especially ones that have a script, don't just go off the script. And and if you're getting no, no, no's, or you're not helping the people that you want to help to, don't keep that same script or outline. Yeah,
0: you have you to- make Change it, man. You can adapt, adapt, and measure it. and reassess my man.
2: That's it. Split test, test, you have to make adjustments. And most people don't. They just read the same dadgum script over and over again do the same thing. And that's the definition of, you know, we, we've all heard of insanity, right? When, you, when yeah. you expect something to change and you just don't make any effort to make those changes. And again, it comes back to you talk about the top 1%. See, the other 99% can get what's the top 1% does, but they just are not willing to do all the things that are necessary. Effort. Yep. And, and, you know, we, we all know about the 80-20 rule, mm-hmm. 80-20 has got an 80-20 itself. And there's, you know, you can, you can niche things down, I am not met one person that have done what we've asked them to do that don't get results. So it's it's yeah. it's all about getting the you know you know just taking the action doing it. But yeah, I would say always split tests or test your scripts, test what you're doing. Mm-hmm. When you find new things, incorporate it again. Like you said, you listen. I mean, that's awesome that you do that. Where you listen to your calls and find out where, where you know where uh, areas that you can. Mm-hmm. I things down, maybe ask a separate question or you're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize I was cutting them off when I was asking my exactly. question. Exactly. exactly. Things are crucial. and It's going to make a big difference because again, as a consumer, those are the things that you, you, there's things you hate and then things that you like. Well, don't think that because the tables you know, is flipped that it's going to make a difference. Those are still important to that buyer. So mm-hmm. yes, those, those are, that's one thing I recommend so for to do that.
0: I'm so excited for the listeners to hear this and in, in hearing, you know, these golden, these, this is what we, a lot of people don't talk about. Even it goes a little further than that and breaking down my calls. I actually have sent like a like an automation, like a questionnaire to mm-hmm. my buyers in the last probably four years, the people that I speak with, even, even to the day when I'm doing like a meeting CEOs, I'm, I'm trying to set up new, you know, business opportunities for myself or whatever I'm doing. Right. I sent a post call questionnaire hits them. And it's like, talk to me about what happened in that call. You know, I mean, well, how did you feel about these, these types of questions? You know, what are some questions that you would like for Chris to touch on on our next encounter? If you're you know, recommended for our next call, whatever that is, that I can't tell you how much I learned from feedback and even negative feedback because I, it's an opportunity for me at the very beginning in the next sales encounter it's like, TG, I appreciate you jumping on a call a little about three or four minutes early, and I wanted to give you a call to kind of make sure that I'm respecting your time. After me reflecting on some of the things that we mentioned in our last encounter, I discovered something that I need to discuss with you this time. Can you have an extra couple minutes just to discuss it before we begin? And they're like, yeah, okay, okay. Well, Here's what I discovered. I missed an opportunity, a golden opportunity for me to really lay in on X, Y, Z. Why do you think that I'm I'm discussing this with you now? That connection, that rapport level just went through the roof. Right. Because I'm taking time and, and I let people know ahead of time. I spend 10 to 15 minutes before every coaching call or sales call to make sure that I'm aligning and trying to figure out how I can make more of an impact with you. Talk to the listeners a little bit more about, I guess... Just that initial piece and why that's so important. It speaks volumes for who you are as an ethical seller.
2: So you're talking more about the specific example. Yeah,
0: you spending there. the time to reflect back on, you know, some of the things that you need to work on with them, maybe to improve.
2: Yes. So really at the end of the day, the way that I approach, not just sales, just any interaction that we have, life is when I enter into that, you know, that interaction, you know, is the person that I'm dealing with going to leave with the, you know, more abundant life or a more abundant outlook or something. I mean, I don't want to come into a situation and and bring people down, right? I want to find a way to enhance it. So again, when I I talk to people about really detaching from the outcome, it's something that I truly believe in. And that's what I teach in all of our clients as well as just really focus on that. When people know that, when they know that that is the case, then it just makes things a non-selling situation. And, and you and I have had the conversation where we sold a service or a product. And at the end, sometimes they don't even know what the heck they bought. It's just exactly. they, they've enjoyed the journey. They've enjoyed the interaction. And they know that you care. You care about them. So when people do these things really to enhance the next sell, you, know, you may lose that sell, but you can get the data from that. Right. it to enhance the next sale. So for me, I don't look at things as winning and losing. It's always winning and learning. There so he is. Anything, anything that you do, you have to learn from it. I, I talk to my kids about it all the time. My, you know, daughters, you know, graduating college, about ready to go to law school, and I and I talk to her about. Sometimes she'll get like bummed out about certain situations. Say, you know what? That's okay. You just learn. <laughs> <Yeah>. Just <laughs> learn what not to do the next time. So because sometimes you'll ask me, why do you have me do this? Why am I in these groups? Why am I listening to these people? Or Why do you want me to make these outreaches on LinkedIn to other people in the law profession? I'm like, well, you know, you want to, you know, kind of immerse yourself in there, but you want to talk to people, have conversations, find out what it is that you can do to enhance, you know, them and help them and be supportive of them and ways to learn. So anytime you could, any opportunity you have to learn, where you can make the next interaction better. I say, I say take advantage of that. It's just gonna be, be, it's gonna be better for you in the long run, right? Because you're gonna have to help more people, make more money, hit the goals that you want, but you're gonna serve
0: them more. That's the, you can't just say you wanna serve people. You, you gotta, gotta prove it, man, with you what you don't it. say. You gotta prove yeah. it, that, that yeah. proves it right there. It speaks volumes for who you are as a person and also as a father, which I do look up to that because a lot of people try to say that they're just big success personal life struggles. And I've, I've had to overcome a lot of adversity, especially lately with in my life and learning different things. And I've, I chose choose courage over comfort and had to go back and realigning my own flaws and things that I had to overcome. And for you, you know, your daughter to say to you at the age that she is, and congratulations for her going into law school, her asking you why most parents Especially, and I'm not trying to get into, you know, also the culture background, but obviously the culture background from where you come from, it's not like, and I understand cultures, different cultures, and being very diverse with, especially the people that I work with. It's usually that when you're growing up in that type of culture and growing up in an old school, they don't tell you why. No. (laughs) They don't tell you why.
2: Yeah. I grew up with not not knowing why. And that's, my wife and I were both, uh, came up with very strict upbringing, uh, upbringing, and we both didn't want that. For our kids, right? So we invite the why. In fact, our kids exactly. are famous for not ever lying to us. They don't lie, mm-hmm. and it's weird, right? Because you, know, you think as a kid growing up, mm-hmm. you're lie. But we create the environment that it's okay. It's a safe environment. Mm-hmm. Say what you want, Now they get punished, right? So if you don't, you know, if you do something wrong, then you want to get punished. Obviously, our, our daughter's a lot older now, but at that age, we, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't really believe in corporal punishment, but we believed in setting rules. So they understood that they can come out and let us know when, when things were going south, but we also invited them to ask us why, like why mm-hmm. you've done. Because I'll tell you growing up, that's one thing that I hated, even to this day, even in math class, I did not memorize proofs. <laughs> I didn't memorize a lot of stuff because I needed to know why. If I forgot, I needed to know how to figure it out again, right? So if somebody mm-hmm. told me, you know, XY plus whatever, you know, AB equals something, and they had a shortcut, it was quoted cool, on the shortcut, but if you forgot, you had to figure it out. So I grew up with asking a lot of whys. My parents, you're right, they didn't answer a lot of them. But with this environment we created, it's, it's something that has helped both of them a lot because they do ask why and they don't just accept things, which is okay, right? We want them to ask, ask why. Yeah, ask the, be,
0: be okay and create that environment to ask the tough questions. I think that's important. you know. And I think that's a lot for a lot of listeners. And most people don't know this about Wes. Wes comes from a third world country. And, you know, him being an American now and being exposed, you know, to, I guess you would say the luxuries of what people have in America and how easy it can be for you to become a millionaire if you actually put forth the effort and the time into, you know, honing in on your craft or perfecting your craft, whatever that is for you. Let's talk a little bit of that type of drive and the different the diverse cultures and understanding how to reach them and you know, looking at your system very methodically as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, you both touch on some really great things in there. I mean, yeah, as Chris said, I mean, I I came from a third world country and it's funny cause I was, I was smiling as TJ was talking because that's how I grew up in a household where like, it's basically like you just shut up. You don't see, you don't, <laughs> you just follow what we tell you to do. Right. And that's it. And, um, and so, you know, coming over here, I mean, I still had that, that same type of mentality, right. I just did what I was told, but now, you know, coming to, to this country where there's so much opportunity, it, like it changed me completely because I'm like oh look there's actually a bigger world out there there's actually a lot more than in you know fighting and bombs dropping on you from helicopters and stuff like that right and I can go touch that little toy over there and not worry about it being an IED right Uh and so it's like a it's a whole it's a different type of mentality and it's just a whole different type of appreciation and that's also what helps in building up the abundance right that understanding that there's there's so much abundance out there and creating that within the environment with my clients as well, right? Being able to share, you know, my story and things along those lines and teach you something you mentioned before we get, we got on here was the, you know, the, the hero story, right? And why that's so important. Maybe we can touch on that a little bit for, for the listeners and how you can kind of relate that and create that environment for clients using that story.
2: Yeah. I had a call early today. It was really, it was, it was a lot of fun because we started talking about movies And we didn't want to give uh, the spoilers away, (laughs) or (laughs) like people don't watch. was actually a lot of fun. So, really, the hero's journey, and and the thing that I found is a lot of people have never heard of that terminology before. And I guess from the marketing space, we've we've heard it. But the hero's journey is something that I feel that it's you know people hear about using storytelling, right? Your stories when you are um, you know doing a sales call or just Mm. meeting people. And the thing is, the number one thing that I get is people like, oh, I don't have any stories. <laughs> like, I don't have a story. I, I just don't know what story to tell. And that is a lot of nonsense. Everyone that I've met has a story, but they don't always know what their story is. So just real quickly, and, and I'll share with people how I told them how people to do this, because it's a, I mean, the, the the talk I had earlier today, they were like blown away, like, oh my gosh, I, I know I can do this now. But just real quick, the hero's journey is something that you know, most stories, when you think about it, it doesn't really matter if it's a drama or, or a comedy or, you know, a thriller. There's usually a, a, a some, like a protagonist, right? There, there's a, a hero that comes into the story and you find out a little about, about them and their backstory. And then they go through a series of challenges they go through some challenges and it's usually an up and down type of battle. And at the end, there's a victor and, mm-hmm. Journey is what the story is. So, the movies that I talked about today, which your listeners may, may not have seen, I just talked, talked about three. The one was Lion King. Then I talked about Sully, if you guys have heard of Sully, which was the airplane movie. And then I talked about Homeland, which is a, which is a TV show. Yeah. So, in all of them, the, so, so Lion King, without giving it away, because I do recommend everybody, it's just not for kids. These are really good shows for adults to watch as well there's a young cub that you find out there's a tragedy that happens to the young cub. And the next thing you know, he goes through ups and downs, emotional, discovering himself. And at the end, there's a happy ending. Sully, which was about the airplane that crashed it landed into the, it actually landed safely in the Hudson river. Right. People are like, wait a second. Why is that the hero story? Cause he was just a hero. Right. But the movie is about how he was vilified.
0: Mm-hmm. Why he
2: was blamed for not going and landing at, a, at an airport. It's a good movie, actually. Really it's good great movie. movie. Great movie. But yeah. you saw his journey as well. You introduced him, find his backstory, and then you go through that struggle. And Homeland, obviously, it's about you know, you know, CIA, you know things like that where people, you have a character, and again, up and down, and then you have a, a positive outcome. The reason these are really important is when you are talking to your future clients and customers, they don't always think in 2D right they you talk to them in a 2d fashion but people think with visuals they think with pictures so that's why stories are so important so what i tell first off when you do things like we do ethically and above board you don't want to make things up right you don't want to make up stories unless you let them know it's a situation you know when you say help me go over a situation so what we talked about was one of the students that i talked with uh, uh, he's actually a client he helps people who have problems having babies, right? Infertility. He does non-surgical. non uh, uh, surgical. So he doesn't use surgery. He does mindset. It's really cool what he does. He's been doing it for 20 years. His approval is 77%, whereas infertility treatments is 62%. The guy's amazing. Wow. But he wasn't converting a lot of his sales. So I said, well, what are you doing? So I just went through that and I taught him how to storytell. Because right. it, really, it, it turned out that his his ideal market client was not that they wanted to have a baby was that there was pressure from the parents, the grandparents, because they wanted to be parents and grandparents, right? right. He didn't know that. <laughs> so I started talking to him about how to do that. And then we start talking about how to use storytelling with the hero's journey in there. And, and so it's after, so because he had successful clients before, and then he went and interviewed them and talked to me, found out there was that pressure. So during when somebody said, you know, you had to ask the question, just like we're talking about today, asking questions, get to know what is it, what it is they want. They found out that hey, you know, I, I do want to have this child, but I'm getting so much pressure. So when that was brought up again, then what he did is, you know what, Joan, we had I had this exact same thing happen with our client Mary, where where he, what it was was they had a, they came up with the you know a, a Greek upbringing and great family life, but there was children were a big part of it and they weren't having children. So the parents were having, uh, you know, so that's what was. we just started going over that story. And then at the end, so the person could feel that in a 3D way. And at the end they became victorious because they became a client and positive things happened, and they ended up having a baby because they followed this non-surgical process. So the storytelling is a big part of it. What I tell people is we don't have a story it's because you don't focus on it. So I tell people just sit down, turn off Facebook phone, For a good hour and just start brainstorming the things that have happened in your life, the things that have happened in business and personal, let's say, going through high school, college, your career. And most people, when they do that, they find out there's something going on. You can talk to your clients, your potential clients, your family, your friends, your coworkers, your boss, your mentors, and you can get inspiration from those. Mm-hmm. so if you can incorporate that in it's going to make a big big difference in your life and yeah it was it's it's, it's that's what, i do it all the time i'm sure you guys do it as well but really, such a beautiful
0: thing we yeah. were talking about it we had a deep conversation i can't remember what episode it was it was from the first season Wes. we were talking about storytelling and doing yeah. loopbacks, and i learned you know storytelling from watching great comedians
1: yes like yes. david
0: chappelle's a yeah. guy for this awesome. oh man it's so good so good it, it, makes a, it makes such a huge impact with them because here's what a lot of inexperienced salespeople do. They talk about themselves. They don't care about you. They don't care about your success. You got to take it from another party, another source. What I always use, and, and especially with the hero effect, where the storyteller might be telling a great story, but I like to use um, past experiences with my buyers or clients. I tell them about exactly what they're going through that diffuses them and it takes their guard away and they'll go, they're not defensive and going towards that tension side of it and having it in a call. I'm telling about what they had to overcome it's very similar to them and how I helped them.
1: Yeah.
0: That's so impactful. I mean, in so many different levels because it, it, one, it kind of helps you with the I guess, edifying yourself, you know, and right. showing your value as a person yeah, and credibility. When you're looking into that, that storytelling, where do you typically, for the listeners, hit that loop back?
2: When, you, when you're talking about when you are done? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, when you're going with the story and you're hitting that, that last little piece of when the hero comes in and, you know, the victor side of it, and you're looping back that negative emotion or coming back to it. How, do you, how important is it to hit that loop back on a positive emotion?
2: it seems like when if you do it the right way you don't even have to make an overt connection yeah if you're talking on the phone you know that that person is going oh yeah Mm -hmm. you know that they're having that energy if you do it the right way which is which is why it's so important that you don't use it at the wrong time or just do it the wrong way and and it's funny one thing i forgot is i also gave the example of the wicker man and skeleton key if you if you ever seen those movies because people love the hero's journey but on the flip side, they hate when it doesn't end the way that it should, right? Right. People like that hero to be victorious. So I'm not going to give away Skeleton Key or Wickerman, but I do recommend Wickerman is not one of the best movies out there. But they didn't follow that format, and they both flopped because movie theaters, I mean, companies every once in a while try to sneak one in and think people love the entire story before. They don't. They need that to happen. So if you're using this, you have to make sure that you do it the right way.
0: All right. Just looking through it through a different lens, just like that Joker movie, that new one just came out like uh, last year, When I think it was back in November. Um, the only oh, reason I remember that because Veterans Day. I think I went and seen it on Veterans Day um, here in the UK. And the, the Joker, obviously he's horrible, but he got picked on and ridiculed and you know made fun of, mocked the whole movie at the beginning of it, laying down that groundwork. And towards the end of the movie, he started feeling sorry for the sucker.
1: No.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Until he
0: started murdering yeah. everybody. So
2: <laughs> well that actually happens. That really happens. But you know what? When he starts murdering, people expect that, almost expect that, right? They know he's the hero, but he's the protagonist. He's right? I mean, the antagonist. So they know that. I mean, Batman's a great example, not just Batman, Captain Marvel, all those that's that's the perfect because they're already heroes. So it's easier to see but you see all the journeys that they go through you know all the stuff that batman went through how he lost his parents and how that was the driving force and he had to go through all these perils and tests before he figured out what he was meant to be you know even superman loses his parents so all those types of things are really important so when you are doing this in your story it has to be from that same point so i know what you're saying i know what you're going through in fact i just spoke we just have a client yes two weeks ago that went through the same thing. When they came in, you know, they were actually not even where you're at. They were actually about a month behind. And not only did they have their parents telling them not that they can't do it, they had this happen. they had this happening, and they had these struggles, but you know what? What they said is, I'm gonna make a decision today. I'm gonna to change my life. And th- but they, even they had some, uh, you know, doubt about it. They weren't sure if they did, but today it was the best decision that they've made because this is what's happened, right? So you want to kind of do an abbreviated version of it. Right. But it's got to make sense, it's got to fit and it's got to hit on the exact emotion because I don't care what people say about B2B sales and B2C where they say, well, B2B, you don't sell an emotion, well, that's nonsense. That's,
0: that's yes, Emotionally,
2: it's part of every damn sale that you do. On B2B, it's a little bit different, right? It's a little bit different because you're, you're dealing with different people, but sometimes it's ego is the emotion, sometimes it's fear of losing a job. You know, yeah. getting the next contract, there's all these things that are going, but there's always that there. So when you have, you figured out what is the emotion that they most need to get corrected, right? Or fixed, or maybe if they're looking to get towards pleasure, what is the biggest emotion that you have to, fig- you, you figure it out. And that's when you give that situational example and story that fits it because mm-hmm. if there's a disconnect with your story and what they're going through. Well, it's almost like, Hey, okay, that was a cool story, but you're not listening to anything I'm saying.
0: Exactly. Right, so
2: so that's why it's important that you treat this as a craft, because if you do, you'll know. It, the reason we tell people to do story, and one thing I do with my son is I'm actually, I teach him how to storyboard, because he's mm-hmm. learning how to write stories now, and he wasn't really that good at it. So I taught him how to storyboard. And I, we took a piece of paper, and I drew nine rectangle, uh, squares on it, and I had him go through storyboarding, right? because the story is so important. He, he, he became a really good writer by doing it that way. So I tell mm-hmm. people, make sure that you have these stories for the situation that you're, don't just write stories write stories, but well, what's gonna happen, you'll find that these stories that you come up with will have a situation that is going to fit. So you just have to make sure that when you pull it out of your, you know, your tool you know, belt, that it's going to be able to fit that situation, and the more you do it, like we say, you practice. It's your craft. It takes time. Practice, yeah. practice, practice, listen to your recordings. And the thing is, most people are just not going to do this. But if you do it, I'm telling you guys, it's just going to be life changing and business changing for you because right. it's, you know it's it's just not the product or service. It's not that. Never good. the.
0: It's never the product or service. They might. It might. It, be, it begins that way, and we, we share a very similar method on the very beginning is creating that environment letting them know and setting expectations you no longer have the power to buy what i'm selling you until right. i tell you you're ready for it and and that takes the takes that off the table to where they're not focused on a product because or, or,
2: or price
0: yeah exactly yeah. I mean, the, yeah. people people will pay i mean wes and i we've he's been doing it with me for a long time of understanding this they come to me with all the money in their hand Like over 100 200k 300k sometimes what do you want me to do with it Wes? what would you like me to do with it chris you tell me what to do with it that type of level of trust there you can't do you can't get to that type of level of rapport without perfecting your craft and being empathetic and you know using your emotional intelligence talk a little bit about that with the listeners Wes. so we don't go over their heads
1: and that's it's that's so key i mean that's why storytelling is so key in that and one thing that I always wanna make sure that I do as I'm telling a story with the with the client, this is why it's so important for you to know your client so well, is that when I know the pain or whatever it is, the blockage or limiting belief that's holding them back, as I'm telling the story, I'm making sure to stop and asking them how this relates to them or if this relates to them, right? Are you feeling this way? When I had a certain, you know, client, John, he was going through this and he felt like these two things were actually holding him back or he was feeling really negatively about this do you see how that is? Do you feel the, you know, the same way? TJ, can, can you kind of touch on that? Because obviously storytelling is so important, but how important is it that you're stopping and making sure that certain key points in that story are connecting with the, with the client?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, it doesn't really matter if you're on a Zoom call or you're on a phone call. I'm one that believes that, that there's an energy that, that you're going to be able to know exactly mm-hmm. what they are feeling and doing. Now, obviously, if you're seeing someone you can see their facial movements and nods or, or lack of nods. But if you're on the phone, you can hear as well because you're, you're gonna know when people are following up with you. So I will do things like, is this making sense to you? Are you following what I'm saying? Can you picture? And this is one of the things that I do with, we, uh, I don't we haven't touched on NLP, but you know, where people are listening, neuro-linguistic programming where you're, you know, there's certain things that you do because there's a, there's a power between the words that come out of your mouth and the actions that people do. Right. So I will ask, I will put people into that picture as well. And I'll say, can you see this happening for you? Or can you envision this situation happening for you? I mean, can you picture yourself in this scenario? And so I, I will even ask them, well, if you were in this situation two years from now, you know, how would you think your life would be? How do you think your life right. your business would be? How do you think your health would be? Whatever it is. So, yeah, throughout the conversation, especially if you think that they may be wavering off, I would ask that just to make sure they're sticking with with where you're going. For the most part, I do like to have continuity throughout it. So, if I know that they're with me, then I usually don't break that state, right? I just try to keep that stating because I want them to hang on every word that I say. Yes. It's so powerful that they're hanging on that every word. And, and you know, and John, when this happened, Mm-hmm. can you imagine what and then you, you you pause a little bit go a little bit slower because you really want them to get that picture so people you know when there's a pic you want that picture to start forming in their mind and you really want them to see that and can you I want you to pick you give us I want you to picture this I want you to think about this I want you to envision this I want you I going to share with you what happened with Johnny but as I'm sharing this I want you to put yourself in Johnny's shoes and I want you to tell me how you would feel I want, so those type of things are important because the thing is, when you ask people to do that, they will. Exactly. Like, they I like to
0: sometimes, you know, that old oh, PBS show, the guy that died, it was one with the big hair, his last name, we shared the same last name, Ross. So, can't remember his first name. The guy would do the paintings. Do oh, you know yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, I do know. I he passed
0: away. But he's great. He was great. I woke, I grew up watching him, actually. <laughs> so I know that's He would right. come on after, I think, Sesame Street. That was I'm showing my age up. <laughs> right now but anyways i'll watch it and i remember when he was painting and he was talking but he's the way that he's talking when he's painting the picture he's not in a high state or low state he's neutral but it's neutral and it's communicating for the other person to really understand trying to get them to visualize things i'm painting a picture for them to see and once they're able to visualize it and looking at through my lens it's over I, and what I mean by over, it they they respect me for it because if they they never heard it presented in that type of way because it's never about the product or service. Mm-hmm. And then you you touched on NLP. I, there's a lot of holes in NLP, and I and I have certain views on that. But there's some of the things that they use. It's, it's it's very effective. I think that what the biggest issue with NLP is a lack of follow-up and getting back in that type of motion. Because sometimes when I have calls or different, depending on the sales process and whatever you're buying. I guess pitches, it's never a pitch for me. It's just making decision and making the right decision. How much does that come in with you not trying to close on a high note or closing on a low note? You need to always close on neutral. I guess we can talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, and also with NLP, I don't use a lot of it either. The main mm-hmm. thing I do is with what I share with you, which you call future pacing. We yes. get people to, again, it's about painting pictures. I don't do a lot of NLP myself, but the future pacing, and then painting your pictures is probably the one thing that I do more than anything else. Um, so in, in terms of the, the clothes, like when I get people, my clothes is usually very boring. It's, it's not the most exciting yes. thing. They say. I say, do you want to pay me money? And they, most people say yes, right? So that's kind of the way that it usually goes. You want to be my client because everything that happens before is really, uh, really the most important part. Yes. The thing I am is I'm very consistent with my state and you're right. I am very even keel when that happens. I do ask for the money, which a lot of times salespeople don't. Coaches, consultants, coaches, consultants are probably the number one area that I've talked to the, or vertical that is, has a hard time because they just like to coach. They like they want to help people and they think that's enough, right? No, it's not yeah. enough.
0: It's a very thin line. They think they need to be a coach all the way complete. You're not there. You're not, I'm not your therapist, man.
2: Uh, you need a, yeah. You need to ask for the money. So what I do is very, it's very consistent. That's the one thing I do tell people. You don't want to get to that stage and be inconsistent. You do everything that at the end, they say they want to think about it. And then you're like, okay, well, I can do 12 payments. <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> two weeks to think about it. Let me get back with you. I mean, I'm like, oh my gosh, what just happened? I'm listening to the calls. am like, oh, wait, where did that come from? Why are you asking for 12 payments? So yeah, people are very, and you your again, your future clients are going to know that. They're going to wait a second, what's what just happened, You know, I'm not, I can't do business with this person. Mm-hmm. doesn't even know what the heck they want. Because it's not about that. It's just so much more. If you do it the right way, you're not going to get, I, I need to think about it. Or I need to see if I've got the money and all. You're not going to get that. Because that's more if they perceive you as a commodity. you want to work hard to not be perceived as a commodity, if it doesn't, if you've done all that, then who cares what the price is? There's something else that's going on. You need to find it out. You need to have trial closes before then to make sure that they... Mm-hmm that they are where you want them to be when you ask for the money. Because you should never, ever ask for the money if they are not, you know, right where you
0: want. I them. need to be in sync with you and, and you have to understand <laughs> it. You're making a recommendation based on your discovery. You know, their needs, the wants, the desires, what's best for them one, two, three, five years down the road. We've worked together on similar projects and, you know, in contracts together. And That's how we originally met. When have you ever seen me during that time take a split payment?
2: Yeah, I know,
0: right? Me too. I, I, never. That's one thing we always shared. If it's it's full or or no. Yeah, you can get because it's not pay. about the money. It's never about the money, though. That's what that's what a lot of people, yes, the coach, and consultants on those teams, they would see. They're like, "How is he always doing? You know, full pays or you know the extended versions? I guess the memberships for like forever. They like the hundred Ks and hundred fifty K, two hundred K. They would. How's he doing all these? I mean, you we. We were the only ones, I believe, consistently over time that never would receive anything lower than that. Yeah, well, I'm
2: big, one of the biggest reasons because of what I just said. Because mm-hmm. you see, the way I look at it, when people ask me about price, well, you got to be worthy for me to even talk about the price. Exactly. I, I don't know you're going to be a good fit for me. So, it's, it's, so we didn't talk about it today, but I always approach it as a two-way street. It's a two-way interview you obviously are looking to see if they're a good fit to get into your program or service, but it's, uh, so, I mean, they're not interviewing you. You're interviewing them, right? You mm-hmm. want to see if they're a good fit. And there's several times I've talked to people that halfway through, I knew that I messed up with my marketing because this was not my ideal market and I cut it off because they're not going to be my ideal market. And that's the thing you have to remember. If you do these shady ways to get people in, high pressure and all that, they're going to get buyer's remorse. People are going to refund. If they don't, they're going to maybe stay in your community and cause nightmares, you know, by putting negative comments in your community or whatever. Right. Go
0: online. It's just, it's not worth it. We don't, you don't no. see that with us. I, I mean, you see a lot of people that go to different companies and they change their name a little bit or change their profile picture, become somebody else. I don't need to do that shit. I put a paid and got legal to get me the rights reserved to my name because I have one name. That comes from how I was raised. You got one name. That's my credibility. You got my name in your mouth. That's, that's how I look at every person that's ever been positioned or worked with me individually, a company, corporation. They're always going to say good things about me because I've never put people in a situation where they felt pressure for me to make an investment. I, they pretty much had to beg me for, you know, to enroll them. Like they would say like, listen, I mean, tell me your reasons why I should recommend you for this product and service. And they're like, what? I'm like, I would tell you, you would be in the same sales trainings with me. And I would tell other people that on the phone or in that training, they were like, what is he talking about? Like, he's completely flipped the table. Like, yeah. I would flip the whole table. Like, you you have to sell me now. Like, why should I do this for you? Why should I allow you? One of my
2: companies, I actually did, I put that right into the pre, so I have a pre-call worksheet. So before they even get on a strategy call with me, I send them a four-page doc.
0: Mm-hmm
2: they've got to fill out. And that's actually one of the questions I ask is why would you or why would I say yes to you being a client? Or what do do? So, that was, so that's something we haven't provided a whole lot of time to get into that. But that's one of the biggest things I tell people mm-hmm. as well. Don't talk to people. I mean, obviously you want to help everybody, but not everybody's going to be able to, you know, be in a yes. situation where they can afford your help or do what you're going to ask them to do. So mm-hmm. get all that ahead of time. So when you're on the call, you're talking to people that can afford you that you know are going to be able to listen to you, and then when you go through those type of presentations, it's more a conversation as opposed to a presentation. Absolutely. And then, like like you said, at the end, is hey, this is the next step. You know, I'm ready to take you on. We're going through this process, and you fit, you check all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Really, the next steps are becoming a client. Right. And if you do that the right way, they're going to say yes, right? Especially if you say, so why should you be, or what 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 makes you qualified? Great. Then that's like I say. When you, when you anytime you, you flip a table uh, during a sales conversation, and they're selling you on why they should, mm-hmm. it just changes the game. So don't. So again, one of my, you know main points towards the end that we're saying is don't just feel like you got to talk to everybody
0: no you're going to respect your time time is the only non-renewable resource in life i mean i'm not going to waste i mean it's not about me wasting my time with someone i'm going to best serve my time in another area with another person that can benefit from whatever i'm talking about and that's all about positioning as well and i explained that in the very first calls, like at the end of this call, I'll let you know that I will be working with you individually or someone from my team will be working with you individually. Doesn't mean that you're not the right fit for me. You're just not the right fit for me at that time because here's my standard. Here's what I'm accepting. Here's in, I don't lower those standards. I get you to try to get my team to get you to that level to speak with me individually. A lot of people don't want to have that conversation. It's tough, you know, for them because they run away from tension, TG, they run away from it. Like it's going to prevent them from making money. Like I go towards like I want to feel tension because that lets me know that you're alive and you and you're and you're interested. You got passion. You want to do this. Like, why you don't want to do this? If so I don't butt heads with people. I come in around the door, even if I'm a driver, I will alter my personality a little bit to be able to come through the back door. So that way they, they don't really understand that I'm actually, you know, insulting them a little bit. You know? So sometimes I do it that way, but, and I'm so amazed by and so blessed. I'm so happy that we're able to reach so many people on the podcast and there's 80,000, you know, new, new subscribers every month, They downloads. It just drives me nuts how much. The, you know, the, the listeners are just really understanding what we're doing here and we're trying to give it to a deeper level. How can our listeners find more about TG?
2: Well, when you said earlier about like, you know, your book and how you trademarked your name, all that, thing, I, I feel the same way. I tell people my name, what I do is so important to me and I invite people to go check anything. If you search TG Thomas or Selling System, everything you're going to find out is positive because I worked so hard to do that. And uh, the one place I would say, I have have a website set up called Unselling Training, which I kind of share with people exactly how I do all of these things. And it just, there's some good content that they they can go check it out or reach out to me uh, to help. I can do that as well. So I would just say just probably Unselling Training would be the best way to kind of reach and connect with me.
0: You know, TG is one of those people where he's not going to push you away. Even if you come to him and, and ask him for a question, he's always going to be willing to, you know, sit down with you or even try to help you in type some type of way, point you in the right direction. That's yeah. one thing that TG always have done for anybody. I don't care if they have, you have $5 in your pocket, you have 5 million. He's going to treat you the same way. <laughs> so I have a ton, of, a
2: ton of free content. I have a free group that I do weekly like content two, three times. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. That's the way that I roll is if, anybody wants, wants help. And I'd, I'd like people to take action. That's one of the biggest things. Yeah. We, all three of us are here to let people know you got to take action. There is no magic pill. You all can do this. Everyone can do what we said, but it's going to take work. It's going to take work. It's going to take conversations. No excuses like, oh, okay, I'm not an expert. I mean, these guys have done so much. I'm just starting out. Well, guess what? We all had to start out somewhere. Exactly. But the point that we all started out, we didn't have two nickels to rub together. And we just had to find a way to go. The thing that we didn't talk about a lot today, which I would recommend to people is get mentorship, get guidance. Have to. I didn't, you know, for 31 years, I've been doing this, but I've only been doing it at a high level, probably for 12 years. I guarantee for those first 19 years, if I had a mentor or guide or some place to you know, where I could shrink that learning curve into almost nothing, I would have been further advanced. I mean, I'm glad I struggled a lot. So it made me a little bit stronger. You draw from that all those struggles, right? So I would tell people, yeah, definitely latch on. You guys listening to this is a huge, huge thing because I know Chris and i listened to several podcasts and had some conversation. I know that with him and West leading the way, you guys are gonna you're on the right path. And I'm glad that he's you know including me as part of that because I would love to help you guys as well. So yeah, there's a ton of content out there. I have free groups and. But we, we all want you to take action. We want you to take mm-hmm. action. Put the excuses behind you. Don't say, well, but. Well, but, uh, but. No, you got to get that out of there. You know, mm-hmm. just gotta say, you know what, and. Put and instead of instead of but. Well, I've had all these things happen. And if I listen to Chris and Wes, this is going to happen. And if I include TG, as part of this, I know I can get it done. Just tell yourself you can get it done. Just do it. Stop making right. mistakes.
0: Just Do it. And that comes from you know your inner belief in abundance, holy, you know, and believing that in abundance. Like, listen, I want the best for everybody, and I think that's where a lot of people they think that when they go to start something new, they have to be the best. Well, there's a lot of room right underneath that that second percent, the top second percent. There's a lot of room for success in any capacity. It just depends on what type of effort and work you're you're going to put into yourself. This is for you, man. This is for need, you.
2: you. You don't need websites, you don't need landing pages. You don't, don't need, need that shit. Yeah. All you need is uh, a way to get your know, if you go on Facebook now and you start conversations and you agree to coach, <laughs> you don't need a landing page, you need a order form on PayPal or something. <laughs> tell yeah. like, Once they pay you, you start coaching them. It's it. Don't think like, oh, my gosh, I got to set up Infusionsoft. I got to get Aweber. I got to do all this. Like, that's what people do who are broke. I'm
0: uh, mm-hmm. just saying
2: right now, people right. who are broke will set all these things yeah, up. Get, them,
0: get the business cards. Get the, get the
2: business cards <laughs> and are like, okay, what do I do next? And there's other people I know that are making five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 a month with no websites, no autoresponder, nothing. They got a phone and they have Facebook. And, all they do, and then they have like a, a Google sheet or something where they send people to with the payment link. That's about it. That's right. it. Just keep things simple. And then as you start making money, then you can start getting all these other things. But just, just, just help people. Look to help people. Let people know that you're there to help them. And then help them. And what you're doing is once you get a client, you get them to say nice things about you, which we call testimonials so you want to get more clients and then once you start figuring all this out and you get up to 10k a month or something then you start getting all the bells exactly
0: then you start you know that's you know you do that with your your profits you invest back into yourself a lot of people don't understand the different types of income yeah. like you see a lot of these ball players and people that go make a bunch of money they're they're investing or well, not to say investing they are just blowing money on houses and cars and watches and shoes and clothes and girlfriends and whatever and they redefine tax like you <laughs> bro you can't spend all their money on you know earn income you have to do a passive income like that's when you start making money in your own business then you then you set up your llc then you set up your s Corp. you start growing and growing and growing and growing then you have the nice you know copywriters that which i think a lot of the copywriters are awful out there then you have branding pr team then you have like that's the growth that's your journey man Enjoy the ride. It's like a coolio, yeah. fantastic voyage. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I had no hair, but it's, it's all good. But Wes, I mean, Absolutely. anything that for the listeners that we miss, and just kind of like wrapping up with this, a yeah, beautiful man. episode. Thank you, TG. I
2: oh, love. You. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, there's, there's been so much in this episode that I actually have to write a lot of stuff down. So I do I know, for all for all the listeners out there. I mean, this is one of those episodes where you want to listen to it th- at least three to five times. Go back and listen to it again and again and pick something new up talked about heading off objections recording your calls testing put yourself in their shoes feedback and, and the power of storytelling so just go back and listen in for all that um, follow tgunsellingtraining.com uh, follow him on social media tg it's been a pleasure thank you so much for being on the show
2: you're welcome guys it was a lot of fun